Hello and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, comics, anime, and let you know if it's worth a second. And I am your host, Jamie McKinley, and today we are talking about Avatar, The Way of Water. Now, it has been 13 years since we've seen a film from the king of the box office himself, Mr. James Cameron. Now, with the exception of Piranha 2 and The Abyss, this man has an almost spotless filmography with T2 and Aliens being two of my all-time favorites. Now, I, like most others, enjoyed Avatar in theaters and still have fond memories of watching it in IMAX 3D with my dad. But a lot of time has passed. And with that passing time comes a changing of tastes. A refinement of tastes, if you will, hopefully with maturity. And I walked into the Waywater probably a much different man than the one that walked out of the first back in 2009. So, what did I think? Well, let's get the obvious out of the way. The visuals are outstanding as always. I mean, this is a 400 plus million dollar movie. The textures, the uh, the water, the creaker design. Uh, there's this really cool kind of submarine that uh, takes heavy heavy design inspiration from crabs, and I thought that was really cool. The expansive world of Pandora is really well thought out in terms of its ecosystem. However, many points where the sequences looked like someone pressed the fast forward button—not a lot, but maybe like an extra five percent—and I'm not sure if that was intentional or the fault of the projectionist, or maybe it looks better on IMAX. I don't know. I find it very annoying, but I'm not going to necessarily use that to uh, knock the score down from this movie as it may have just been the theater. Now, when it comes to the story, let's talk about that. Um, It takes place about a decade or so after the original and the status quo has changed a bit. Jake Sully, uh, once again played by Sam Worthington, is a dad and leader of the tribe. He plays it, well, for the most part, but starts to repeat the same character beats over and over again, making his character arc feel stagnant. There's a seemingly endless cycle of him telling his kids to obey him. They don't. He reprimands them. Wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, Zoe Zaldana is back as Natiri and is probably the best character in the movie acting-wise. The kids, however, are kind of a mess, but that's more due to the lame modern style of dialogue that they have them speak. Words like bro, cuz, freak, Perv uh, just kept taking me out of the movie, and uh, yeah, they honestly sounded like the worst lines John Connor like ever had in T2. Words like dickwad and all that stuff. It just didn't. It just didn't vibe. As for the storytelling in this film, I swear my fingers lost circulation for how hard the narration was holding my hand. So much narration. The amount of things this movie trusts you to figure out without a guiding hand of narration and exposition is almost non-existent. But I guess when you have a $400 million movie, you can't take a risk of a single audience member getting lost or confused. Now, this movie, for the most part, is about the kids. The parents play prominent roles, but I think the next generation is what Cameron is aiming for beyond the horizon. Uh, The plot lines involving the Sully kids feel mostly like a collage of moments that just resolve by the end and not in a very satisfying way. Uh, There's a Sully daughter that gives off regal chosen one vibes. Uh, uh, while everyone is struggling to learn uh, how to pull their weight as they are uh, taking shelter amongst this water tribe of Navi, she just kind of is good at everything. She um, Nothing seems to be hard for her. There's even a moment where she kind of becomes Aquaman, and it just, uh, you know, I just, I don't know, it just it seemed very wondrous and magical, and stuff just kind of happens. And even those moments just kind of 
are things to be like, oh, I guess she can do this now and not like a discovery that she can do this. And I just honestly wish that the movie spent more time at least into that. But it kind of just acknowledges it, shows it, and it kind of just shows that it's pretty and that's kind of about it. I didn't really enjoy that. There's a How to Train Your Dragon plot involving a whale with one of the sons that's given way too much screen time. And for as much as these kids are told not to make trouble and pull their weight uh, within their new adoptive tribe, they spend so much time wandering around just looking at pretty stuff. It kind of gives the idea that just the freedom of being in like a tribal um, village is just kind of playing around for kids even though they're all given jobs to do like the dad's like we like we will pull our weight we will respect you know the rules of the tribe and all that stuff but then the kids just kind of meander and dilly dally and navel gaze and it just it had a very disney simplistic look at uh at what i think indigenous tribes would be doing on a day-to-day basis and i didn't really appreciate that but the movie's biggest flaw is that the whole second act of the film which is about 90 minutes or so give or take just meanders uh there are so many cuts that feel unmotivated by the story so many times where i thought to myself why is this scene happening beyond characters explaining new things to the characters there's a relationship between the water chief's son and one of the sully sons that gets started and starts to go somewhere but then they just kind of drop it uh the same sully son also has a hinted romance with one of the navi girls and that also kind of just fizzles out not really acknowledged anymore uh, just so many potential interesting relationships are left unexplored, and I think they were just traded for pretty visuals. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I actually almost forgot to mention, uh, there's this human child named Spider who uh, the Sully family uh, adopts and then gets kidnapped. And then they pretty much just say, oh, well, sucks for him. And not to say that I missed that character because he is probably the most annoying character in the entire movie and every sound that comes out of his mouth is pure cringe but for the entire 90 minute second act he is not even brought up once which is weird considering that the entire overstated heavy-handed hammered-in theme of the film is family should stick together because we are stronger when we are together and yeah I just didn't think that that would get by James but it did Uh, now to bring things back up a bit the final battle is pretty fun at times And here's one thing I thought I'd never say, but there's a pretty badass moment involving a whale. Uh, There's a really cool scene involving uh, Natiri, which is pretty much the definition of hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. But unfortunately, amongst all that fun is confusion and even bigger lack of stakes. Villains are making threats they never follow up on. The kid characters are way too safe. And for some reason, the entire water tribe of Navi just disappears halfway through the final battle. It felt like that scene after the girl worth fighting for song in Mulan when her platoon goes from like 60 guys to five before the Huns even attack. I guess James thought that in all the confusion the audience wouldn't notice, but I did James. I did. And I'm disappointed in you. Disappointed that you were given all the time in the world, 13 years to be exact, to make the movie you wanted to make. And yet the final story feels so unfinished. Which would be fine if it were a super dense story like Dune and there, and it's just so much to tell that it takes multiple movies to tell the story of, which, you know, he is making Avatar 3, 4, 5, 6, whatever. But the story he's trying to tell is super simple. And after watching the epically awesome RRR, which was made for only 72 million and was also three plus hours long, 
I think I've just come to the conclusion that you just don't have it anymore. You can't have me wait 13 years just to give me a $400 million piece of mediocrity, especially when we have movies like RRR or even Top Gun Maverick. Do better, James. I know you can. And I want you to go out on a high note. But unfortunately, a high score is not what I can give this movie. And I'm going to score it a 5 out of 10. Thank you for joining me at First Glance. You can find us on Podbean and you can find us on the Apple Podcast app. I'm Jimmy McKinley, and thank you for joining me.